Yes, welcome to the Big Kickoff Football Podcast. My name's Roy Shanahan and I'm joined by David Bugle and Nathan Doyle from the Hola. Big Kickoff. Lads, how are we doing? All good, mate. All good now. Everything seems to be coming to a conclusion now, so there's plenty to look at left, mm. right, centre and across every other water across Europe. But uh, just a couple of hours before we were due to record this po- podcast, we got some breaking news that Wofford had sacked their manager, Nigel Pearson. Unbelievably, with only two games to go, the Wofford board decided now was the most sensible time to be managerless. Dave, how does this make sense? Yeah, um, only for it's a podcast and we need to talk. I just give you a dead air, mate, because what the hell? Like, literally, what the hell? Um, they were in dire need of somebody. Uh, obviously, when he came in, done a cracking job, got it, and, you know, big result. Uh, obviously, the West Ham result is a massive thing, but you must think something shocking happened with a meet. Like, it just doesn't fathom, like, they're... Bournemouth are as good as done it basically looks like it's between them and Villa and they still have a three point gap with two games to go so what's happened since the West Ham result like how could they literally with two games to go get rid of the manager who somehow managed to keep them in this when it was looking like they were going to be in the same destiny as Norwich I all I can give you is stuff that I could suggest what it could be and even still none of it would make sense other than something shocking could have happened with meetings with the owners or something, or God knows what, because, um, yeah, look, they love a merry-go-round at the Watford owners, and this, yeah. is, just, this is just for the proof, let's say. Yeah. Like I said, just the third manager of the season, like, it yeah. yeah. time in itself is just baffling to me, it really is. It could ruin it for them, it could, yeah. it could, it could, it could score for them, they could completely deflate the team, you know? Do you know what, uh, even, probably this time yesterday, I fancied Watford to stay up, but now I'm really, really worried about them. Like the last two games are Arsenal and Man City, like, and um, with this this instability coming into things, like, I think this will not do them any favours whatsoever. Yeah, I think, I think if you look at the, the managers have had Garcia, Sanchez Flores, Nigel Pearson, and if you include Hayden Mullins, who was caretaker in between, that's yeah. four this year, and now looking for a fifth. Now Mullins may take over for yeah. the last couple of games. But since December, yeah. Wofford were. Rock bottom, nine points from safety. And Nigel Pearson mm-hmm. has the best win rate. He has 35% win rate and the best points per game, which is 1.25 points per game, of any Wofford manager in Premier League history. So it just does not make sense. Now, he got this, no. he, he did, they, they were going through, would we say, a rocky patch. They're down near the relegation zone, so you can't have rocky yeah. patches. It's just what way no. you are. But uh, yeah, his his game against West Ham, where they got beaten 3-1, and West Ham are on, on a high at the moment, and they're after getting a few good results. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, Nigel had some things to say after that. Nigel, what's your assessment of that result and the way the game panned out? First half, we let the game pass us by. I think they had three attempts, scored three goals. Might have been a couple of block shots, but um, we had passengers, unfortunately, and that is um, disappointing at this stage of the season. Um, You know, second half performance, much improved, very competitive, but the games, the games passed us by, and that is. It's annoying. It's also very disappointing. It just means now we've got to we've got to find uh, another one or two possibly good results from our remaining games. So 
you know, the, the, there's no getting away from the fact that tonight's result is bitterly disappointing. The performance in the first half is more than disappointing. Um, Unacceptable? Well, that's probably your word. I'm not going to use unacceptable. I would expect better from our players, um, for sure. That's not to say everybody. Um, a lot of what I say stays in the dressing room, but I can't, you know, I mean, it's not about, about self-preservation. It's about making sure that uh, collectively we take responsibility. And I, and I didn't feel we did that in the first half. We did in the second half. And, um, yeah, uh, had a number of opportunities. We created some opportunities in the first half as well. But, um, like I say, it's a, it's, a, it's a really poor result for us. Is it yeah, so he wasn't making any excuses. But, Nathan, how can a club demand consistency from their players when they, I suppose, they have four different managers? How can they demand that? You know, you can't get consistency with managers, you can't get consistency with tactics, with anything at all. Uh, how can they expect their players, you know, to to have any consistency, have a chance of even, you know, Wofford are looking to go places, they're looking to get into Europe and stuff like that, but they're leaderless. Very fair point, and I have to say, um, like, they're coming in with, like, a uh, revolving door system with managers with different ideas and different philosophies and different ways. He didn't, um, he didn't sound like somebody who, was, who, who, who knew he was getting the sack either by the sound of the No. Day. No, no. Like, I've seen a force in the rounds and I was like, nah, this, nah. No, can't be true with them. Came out, quite fast and I was baffled by this decision. But yeah, um, no, I, 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 I must be a nightmare to try to get any sort of consistency in that club. Been going, especially this season. Three managers and a caretaker man. Yeah. But at the same time, they were showing some good form before the lockdown and we obviously know the famous results against Liverpool and it's been the same manager and then they come back and apart from, I can't remember what win it was, but they haven't been great since the comeback. So as much as the inconsistency, the guys can hide behind the playoffs or the lockdown. Deeney was a bit, can't wait to come back, but then actually I'm not going to. So, you know, once again, it's, the board blaming the manager when it might necessarily be the manager when he's sitting there going some of these lads are passing themselves by and as he said self-preservation making themselves look good because they know what's coming in, in potentially especially with 3-0 down it's like right I better look tidy because I need to get out of here um, so it's a it's one of them where it's like well yeah maybe he has a point but at the same time it's very harsh for Mr Pearson yeah yeah no it is like um, yeah nor- normally you'd say they probably are safe enough with two games to yeah. go. Bournemouth today lost. They've only got one game left yeah. on 31 points. Aston Villa have a home game against Arsenal, away against West Ham. They're on 31 points as well. Wofford, who are on 34 mm. points. But the problem is that Wofford have Man City at home and Arsenal mm. away. Now, they have a better goal difference yeah. by four goals on both Villa and Bournemouth. Man City could easily turn five or six. Yeah, Man City yeah. get a hold of them. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so they're, yeah. they're definitely still all to play for. And does are they hoping yeah. that this kind of sparks them into, oh my God, he's got sacked, we'll play out of our skin because this is what normally happens. They get, you know, a lift after a manager is sacked. Yeah. Or is this just a bit irresponsible and um, stupid? Yeah, 
I'd go the latter, Shano. I'd go the latter, yeah. Roy, in my opinion, I think. I think, um, like, like everyone is surprised by the news. I think they're going to fill the lens of the wrestling room, too. Like, they're not going to be expecting this news at all. I wouldn't imagine, anyway. So I think it's going to catch them lads by surprise, too. So I, I wouldn't expect them to be coming out playing on town now in the next game, to be honest with you. Not like they were physically, mm. like they were frustrated with person. They didn't like this. They, they, they won the like, they won two games out of the last two games out of the last three games. Like, so it's not like they were on a like, 10 game losing streak or anything. Mm. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't think that they'll be like they were fr- really frustrated under person or anything. So I don't think they'll be looking to come out and prove a point in the next game. I think, I think they will be in trouble. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't uh, drop down. Yeah, well, I, I, I firmly think that. If anyone deserves to go down, it's Wofford for the the being uh, oh, very unfaithful to every manager that they've had just this year. Okay, how about this? Yeah, after 16 years waiting, Legion United <laughs> fans this week started to daydream about trips up and down the country in the Premier League. Bielsa is now living, a, is a living god in Yorkshire. Dave, many comments out there about the Premier League being a better league if Leeds United were in it. Will it be? Uh, on paper, yes. We've gone against some of the things that I kind of slag off as a clubs. Like Newcastle are not massive clubs based on trophies in my opinion. I couldn't care less how big their, yeah. their ground is and their fans. Others, like Leeds are a massive club. They were so dominant and we should know over the last week or two with the sad passing of Jack Chetton just how good Leeds were at that time. European Cup finalists, many, many uh, uh, leagues. But they've already made 40, 45,000 seater there. They're going to be sold out every week. They're a monster club and they're an international club as well with their following. Like that's why they're a big club. So without a shadow of a doubt, they will be. Providing they're as good as they, 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 they've been this year. Um, but in my opinion, 100%. And you've got a ready-made rival rivalry there that's always been there with Leeds and United. The, um, the Battle of the Water Roses kind of thing, Lancashire versus Yorkshire. So you've already got not only Leeds coming back, but then you've got that rivalry coming back again. Because I was actually there 16 years ago, as I now know, uh, when they got a, a lucky draw. But they still went down that year and the crack in the Shreffer then was unreal. Like uh, all the song F off to the Nationwide and all this kind of stuff because everyone knew Leeds were going down. So it's mad to think it's been 16 years. Um, but yeah, of course it will. It was great rivalry that day and that's why, yeah, it is definitely a big, big result that they're coming back into the Premier League. Nathan, without a doubt, Leeds have been the best team in the Championship. How do you think they'll adapt to the Premier League? Um, I think they'll do okay. Like everyone coming up, um, they'll have to they'll have to invest in the squad. They have some couple of decent players now in the squad. Uh, man, when the goalkeepers um, back fit and healthy, man, Casilla, he's a pretty really good goalkeeper. You've caught there. Um, I, well, you, like, you know, it's too weird to say. Will they, will they stay up or will they go down? I'm just, I'm just happy to see them back up. To be honest, like you know, like like Dave said, like it's, it's crazy to think that's been that long, and that even at one stage you drop down to League One too, like. Yeah, I'm happy to see them back up and I'm happy to see some of their rivalries be uh, reignited that have been missing for far too long. But now, yeah, I think they could do okay. I think they could stay up and they might not be going back to their, their European uh, best times anytime soon, but hopefully you can see them have a lengthy spell uh, in the Premier League once again. Yeah, the big question to resolve will be the club's long-term ownership. 
the Qatari sports mm. investments who own PSG have been trying to, for over a year now, trying to take control of Andrea Radzanani. Is it Radzanani? Radzanani. <laughs> That's the one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he made Helder Costa a permanent move with 16 million there mm. from Wolves. But is it Ben Price? That is, uh, I'll tell you now who it is. Yeah, it's Ben Price. He's going back and he's been unbelievable for Leeds in centre half. He's going back to uh, Brighton. Uh, he'd be a big miss for them. So they probably will need a, a little bit of investment. I know Sheffield United this year have done brilliantly without having to spend yeah. loads of money, although they did buy Sander mm. Berg in, in, in the January transfer window mm. for a few quid. Look at Nathan Villa spent loads, didn't go anywhere. Sheffield yeah. United didn't spend loads or doing well. Again, I suppose it's just the style. Is is Leeds' style good enough to do what Sheffield United did? I think it could be, yeah. I think um, under the, under the current regime, they seem to have some sort of even the identity back. Where they had like they had 19 managers since they dropped down out of the Premier League. Like, like when we talk about like the revolving door system at Watford, like Leeds had the same thing going on for a long time. So it does seem to have some sort of identity back in the club. And that's what Walter Sheffield United this season. Like you said, it didn't go and break the bank. But it was just Chris Wilder got the best performance out of them players that he had available to him. We all wanted to play for him. That seems to be the same situation going on at least. Yeah, he will have to bring one or two guys in, probably some experienced heads into Premier League. But I think on paper, he seemed to have a lot of similar attributes that Sheffield United had this season. Who become a regular a regular presence once again in the league so hopefully hopefully we can yeah we're too big it's just too big of a club not not to be in the Premier League on a consistent basis yeah Dave just on the other two West Brom and Brentford didn't seem to want to go up with them they spawned chances at the weekend who do you think will go up between them two uh, a little I wouldn't mind seeing Brentford coming up with the whole little project behind them and the brand new stadium and It'd be just a perfect kind of storm for them if they were managed to get in. And obviously, being another London club, there'd be more uh, potential London derbies and whatever. But it's just their ambitious club, and I like the idea behind it. Brand new ground. I just love to see that perfect story that come next year they're in the Premier League at the new ground and go on to bigger and better things. Obviously, West Brom, very admirable club, a bit Burnley esque. Don't go too crazy. I mean, like, say within their means, go up and down. If West Brom come up, grand, but let's face it, we all know they'll probably go back down again in a year or two and do it all again. So, personally, just for a bit of greed, I'd love to see Brentford sneak in, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't mind saying Nottingham Forest get through the playoffs either, to be honest. Another yeah. club that's yeah. been down there far too long. Just something different yeah. shakes up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, There's a lot of yo-yo clubs, isn't there? So sometimes you want to just see a bit yeah. of uh, freshness to it yeah. all. So, yeah, Forest haven't been up for a while, but uh, well, I suppose whoever gets up, uh, it deserves to go up. Definitely. Spain. Real Madrid won their 34th Spanish league title with a 2-1 win over Villarreal on Thursday night. When Zinedine Zidane won his first trophies with, the, with Real Madrid, many fobbed it off and failed to give him the credit he deserved, saying it's Real Madrid, he has Ronaldo, and it's all set up for him to win trophies. Yeah. Dave, winning the Liga title this year has shown not only is Zidane a quality player or was a quality player probably still is probably probably still be a quality player <laughs> yeah, probably is he probably get in them <laughs> but, yeah. but now he's definitely one of the top managers in the world yeah like you could have yeah exactly what you said and there would have been a potential question mark going Asher it's a nice 
easy job to get in there. So look at the team he had and what have you. And now this time, obviously a weekend Real Madrid. Um, I know technically in, in Berta Commons a weekend Barcelona, but they're still on a level with each other and credit where credit's due. Since the lockdown came, they hit the ground running and Barcelona didn't. And a lot of that credit would have to go to themselves. And in fairness, they were kind of showing that form before um, the, uh, the break as well. So, I'd have to agree with you. We'd have to kind of tip our cap and say, well, listen, he's come yeah. back and done it again and with a lesser team. Yeah. So, yeah, credit where credit's due. Nathan, three Champions Leagues. He's won two La Liga titles and two World Club titles. Not shabby, is it? Not bad at all, no. Not bad at all. Um, like I said, like, and to be honest, I was one of the ones that said, ah, like anybody can manage that Real Madrid team. <laughs> <and anybody." laughs> Me too. It was an unfair, I'd have to say, but Whether it's due, you really have to expect, especially in this sport. Like you have to always tip your hat to the the best teams, and you don't you don't do what they done by being an average manager. You know, like it does. Like you does have to get a lot of credit for what you done. I know there's plenty of talent in that Real Madrid squad. Like, but yeah, you have to put them up in the upper echelons now of uh, managers in the game at the moment. I think, anyway. Yeah, Mm. they look actually now at the moment just in Real Madrid. Yeah, one one Real Madrid player wasn't uh, in the party <laughs> mood, Dave. Uh, take a listen to this. <laughs> Bale looking to use his pace. Well, he was taken out of it by Bartra, He's or tried to, anyway, but the referee's played a good advantage. Bale using that pace. Can he finish it? Oh, what a goal! Solo spectacular from Gareth Bale to probably win the Copa del Rey for Real Madrid. Casemiro, his fellow Brazilian Marcelo, right foot across from him, Bale trying it, oh, are you serious, Gareth Bale just on the pitch, one of the best goals you'll ever see in a Champions League final, has given Ryan... I like that. Okay. Dad, look at the little giggle on him and all, you swine. <laughs> <laughs> knew exactly what you were doing. How did that sneak in there? I don't know. Uh, yeah, Gareth Bale won his second La Liga title, but his celebrations were yeah. in total contrast to when he first won it in 2016, 2017. Absolutely. Bale this year had 16 appearances, 12 starts, and only two since the lockdown uh, in the last 10 mm. games. So, Dave, he uh, he wasn't happy on the bench versus Villarreal, was he? <laughs> and a couple of other games. Um, was he in the wake of one of them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he put the face mark over his eyes. Like the guy knows he's on camera. He knows they're going to be watching. So he's obviously somebody who's not happy. But he's had form. He's done this before, and he's done it in Zidane's first tenure as well. And this was the start of the end, the relationship. Uh, Champions League last sixteen against PSG. Um, he wasn't happy about being on the bench and he was very slow to get to get warmed up. He was seen yawning, looking disinterested. And then when he did come on, didn't do a hell of a lot. When Ramos called him over to the, clap the fans in the middle of the pitch, he just simply walked off and went down the tunnel. And then he done it in the second leg the week after. Um, and then, of course, at the end of the bloody campaign, he goes and scores that overhead kick. But as I said, that, that was the beginning of the end. And then obviously, famously, apparently he's one of the reasons why Zidane went in the first first place because he wanted him to go. Um, and then they might have looked like they buried the hatchet this year, but obviously it's, it's back again. Um, mm. And I'll just rhyme off his, 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 his um, achievements with, uh, with uh, Real Madrid. Two yeah. Liga titles, one Copa del Rey, one Super Cup, four Champions Leagues, two UEFA Super Cups and three World Club Cups. But when this is all said and done, will we kind of go, what a waste? 
in a weird way, if you know what I mean. It's because the last couple of seasons have been incredibly strange. And there was a game in the first tenure as well where it really soured was Bale was out for a couple of games with another kind of muscle uh, strain, calf strain, and he basically batted down the door to the band, I'm fit, I'm fit, I'm fit. And he lasted 30, 35 minutes, didn't do a tap. It was clear he was unfit and he took him off. And then that was really it for him as well. He was fed up with him and he's fed up with the kind of in and out and in and out, kind of the hokey-tokey injuries, if you know what I mean. And um, it looks like it's been a similar, uh, unfortunately, another potentially sad end. But uh, according to a lot of reports, he is very, very happy to play out the final two years of his contract with that money and play itself in Madrid, as we all know. It's, It's obviously second in his preference but then again I suppose another thing that would probably infuriate the Dan is his second performances for Wales they're like second against Greece in the qualifier he's he's, un- he's practically unbelievable in every game so he, it, if I was a Dan I'd be scratching my head but it'd be very strange when this is all said and done at Real Madrid that you're trying to go yeah. potentially a waste considering the, the titles that have just rang off his performances haven't been substandard though for Real Madrid. He's just been frustrated with the lack of game time. Zidane just doesn't want him in his team. True, but we remember the flashpoints. But if you watch every game, has he been good enough? Because incredibly, when there was more coverage in the first tenure, he was trying to be a poor man's Ronaldo with his kind of walking around doing absolutely nothing until the ball came to him. Well, Ronaldo is not doing that on purpose. He's kind of like a snake in the grass watching the way the game goes. And then you blink and he's somewhere else and he's putting the ball in the back of the net. Well, Bale was just doing the lazy part, even though he just didn't get it, in my opinion. Um, I don't think he's inconsistent enough uh, in, in the end of his, uh, the first tenure with Zidane. And obviously with this one, um, maybe he's protecting the body. Maybe he's just not the, the man he was. I personally, in the last three or four seasons, been bitterly disappointing for him. But when it comes to the very big game with the very big cameras, of course he'll turn it on. But in the everyday games that we don't watch, he's doing next to nothing. Yeah, yeah I think you have to look at it overall as a pretty um, a disappointing spell. Yeah. Like, like he was bought in as the heir to the crown lately for Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. When Ronaldo did eventually leave the club, he was the same as the man that's going to step up and replace him. And it's like, especially recently, like he got out to a base there, like he scored and scored and winning yeah. goals and championship finals and everything. Where I just think over, like overall, you have to look back at it as a disappointing spell, as something that just didn't materialise the way a lot of us thought that it would. He's just not the world beater that he once was. So, like when he went to Madrid, like he thought the world was his oyster. Like could have served, he went over there and become one of the top players in the world, which unfortunately yeah. has been piled out that way. Just, just weird. But, weird. Uh, I mean, he played two hundred and fifty-one games. He scored one hundred and five goals and sixty-eight assists. That doesn't sound like a player who's not going out there, not doing the job. It sounds like a player who's 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 doing the job. If, if you talk about the, the four Champions League, two La Liga, what have you. But in his time, he had when he hit two hundred seventeen games. There was a comparison done with other players. With Luis Figo, Luis Figo had played two hundred forty five games. He scored fifty eight goals. Gareth Bale had scored at 217 games 100 goals mm-hmm. Zidane 239 games 49 goals different position well in behind the striker maybe he's a winger but he's not a centre forward either Gareth Bale he's a, he's a, he's a winger uh, Gareth Bale's a forward Ah, but he's a winger like wingers are no wingers they're forwards nowadays Doesn't make it. he's like, still, it's still, a new game a it's a different game yeah but I mean it's a different game now Shannon 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, you 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 look at the top players. Yeah, you've got the top players are Mane and Salah who are out wide. That's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but you're talking about a couple of the top teams. Not every team has wingers that are banging in goals like that. Every top team in European football has that, including Real Madrid, Barcelona, now Man United, Man City, Liverpool, Paris Saint-Germain. They have a front three. They're not a, a one striker and they're forward. Even though they're, they're, they're not, wingers are not midfielders, they are forward. That's just the way it is. Now, that doesn't mean anything in, in relevance to what you're saying in, in relation to goals. Like, that's fine. Like, he's, he's a serious output in that sense. But there's a big difference between Figo was more of a midfielder slash kind of a wide man, but he wasn't like the winger nowadays is a forward, like, like a front three, like I've said about the rest. Now, in saying that, it's just a simple fact that I think that they've been, it's the last three or four years you're kind of going, what's changed from the world beater that he was? And that's what I find interesting. Is it not just that is the attitude not there? It, it seems to be that Zidane's But is the attitude not there for him either? Well, I've never seen Zidane or Gareth Bale go out there and not try. I've seen Gareth Bale go out there and play and anytime he gets onto the ball, he does his stuff. Yeah, well, I've seen the games where he hasn't as well, though, in fairness. And it's not just the Champions League final or the Copa del Rey final. I've watched the shitty Ibars and the and the Elches or whoever else they play in those games where he just... Uh, there was one game where he had two touches in 78 minutes. Like, I'm sorry, that's not somebody who's trying, if you know what I mean. So there has been games where he's exceptionally distant and lazy, as well as the world star that he is. And I just don't think he has the balance. When I watch him, he tries to mirror, as I said, that kind of I'll just preserve and keep the the fuel high so I can do my burst of energy because he mightn't last the 90 minutes the way he used to. Um, and then some games, as I said, I just don't think he's smart enough that it just disappears. But when he gets the ball at the right time, he is that type of guy. If you give him enough space, he'll absolutely crucify you. Look what we did against Ireland. We all backed off and then he just curled into the top corner because that's how good he is. But there's many a game where I think it's it just it, it, it disappeared. And in fairness, I'll trust the Spanish reporters and I trust the Spanish fans with the games because I haven't watched a lot in the last year or two because of coverage and they're saying a lot of similar stuff as well I remember watching a game a couple of games actually but one sticks out in my mind Ronaldo didn't really do him any favours any time he didn't feel like when, no. he, when he thought he didn't get a pass at a ball he'd be throwing his arms up in he the acted, air doing, he acted up absolutely dance, acting up in front of the crowd and, and, and that's where the, the verbal abuse the booing uh, even getting attacked by leaving training well his car getting attacked leaving yeah. training that's where all that stemmed from so is maybe Ronaldo has something uh, to say about all this maybe he has part to play in this he's kind of made him out to be the villain 100% but he's long gone now so it's either it's either Zidane has to blame or let's face it he himself could have something to blame you know kill him with kindness be the ultimate professional if you, like if you look at that uh, Real Madrid team they're a decent side, but a top fail should easily be in that team if he wants to be. And a lot of managers didn't like certain players, but if they're too good, you have to put them in. If they if they're literally shoving it in your face, you have to play him. Now that's not me kind of hammering Bale. I'm just wondering. I don't know enough, but has he done enough? Has he kind of sat back and went right? I'll be the best I can be at training. I'll be best, and then Zidane still not playing him, and that's it. The relationship is dead. I don't know. But it's a question I'd need to ask. Has Bale done enough himself? Because in my opinion, he is good enough to be in that team. 
And regardless of what the manager thinks of you, if you're that good and you do it every day, there's no reason, in my opinion, why you shouldn't be in that club at the moment. Yeah. He's still good enough. Nathan, as you can hear, he divides opinions. So yeah. could he could he play in the Premier League still with one of the top clubs? Um by the fine of the top clubs like Liverpool and Manchester City and Chelsea uh, no I don't think so at the moment I think realistically if he's going to go anywhere he'd go back to sports but I can't see them splashing uh, out and someone like Gareth Bale especially at his edge but not only that like um, he was set to go last summer to China to some Chinese club and a lady like a million quid a week like and like, I can't see really anybody Paying him that, like he's a he's on a report. He's there uh, fifteen million euros a year at Real Madrid. I can't really see anyone paying that, given his age and given his injury record. Mm. Especially someone like like, like Tottenham, who like maybe isn't known for spending big bucks like on, uh, on a lot of players. Yeah, um, I, I think if maybe he... maybe Newcastle, if this takeover ever goes through, like and that's that's only clutching that straws. That's just for argument's sake. Now, really, at this point, and to get the wage, yeah. Yeah, I think so. But then, probably China or something quicker than you'd see him back in the Premier League. I I think we'll find out what the character is like now when this season is over. If he does stick around, it, it just shows he's happy to take the money. He, he needs to go mm-hmm. to a club and look to... If he goes to yeah. China, it looks like he's happy to take the money. Uh, he needs to yeah. go in the league and finish off his career yeah. uh, on a high and show people yeah. that actually maybe it wasn't exactly. him. It, it was it was Real Madrid who were holding him back. So, yeah, he's got a big call to make, doesn't he? And in yeah. fairness, that's what I want to see. I want to see him bookend his career because, like, you remember, even, obviously, the early years at Real Madrid, but that last season or two with, with uh, Spurs, he yeah. was unreal and he was literally right behind the, the other two for the yeah. next big thing and it was fascinating to watch and brilliant to watch so uh, that's why I'm frustrated by him it's like right you need to bookend it now because mm. you had a four or five year stint mate but you want to be in this calibre of these lads you have to do it for your whole career you know so well, it's more frustrated with him even by the post it sounds like that his family has settled he's settled he's just happy enough playing mm. golf in Madrid like, I hope like, not with, I hope not by the sound of things like he's not he, he doesn't seem too too pushed on defining the legs in football it just which whatever mm. you know like, I'm not blaming the guy for that you have a family to look after you need to financially look after yourself but it just, does Giggs tolerate that? Um, I don't know I, like is he so big that you'd let him away with that with Wales like, yeah, I, I presume just, you'd have to be would you? yeah like especially as someone like Wales where like they have a couple of decent players but the talent pool isn't Richly deep, like, would you leave out someone like Bale in the Wales squad? Yeah, it'd be very hard, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, like, I wouldn't imagine if, if this was going on in Ireland, if, if Ireland had some lot of that quality. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't care what he's doing, like, I'd have him in the Ireland yeah. game, um, to be honest with you. Yeah. Know. You'd definitely have him in the first squad. Uh, if he wasn't producing, he'd be a goner. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. definitely. Listen, Carst, when there's winners, there's losers. And Lionel Messi fumed at weak Barcelona as they lost out <laughs> on the La Liga title to Real Madrid. Barcelona, who had won the league for the last two seasons, surprisingly lost 2 1 to Osasuna and gave up the chase with a whimper. And Messi wasn't too happy. He says, We didn't expect to finish in this way, but it sums up the year for us. We are a weak team who can be beaten with enough intensity and enthusiasm. We have lost a lot of points, which we shouldn't have done, and we are very inconsistent. We need to be self-critical, starting with the players, 
but also across the entire club. We are Barcelona and we are obliged to win every game. Roma, Liverpool, the fans are running out of patience because we're not giving them anything. If we want to fight for the Champions League, a lot has to change. Like this, we'll lose to Napoli. What's that saying, Dave? Is there, is there, this is like, we've heard stuff like this before and we weren't sure if this is just the media stirring it up, but yeah, yeah. there seems to be uns- a bit of unsettlement there. It's his MO, isn't it? It's his MO a little bit. Like he's, the last four or five years, especially when your Zabies and Iniesta's have gone and they're nearly impossible to replace straight away. But yeah. since they went, obviously they haven't been quite the same and almost every year he has a little snipe at some uh, point or another and it's kind of like this is a question that makes the guys but two players are that good have the right to start calling the shots or when they start to do that kind of thing because I know he's allegedly had a say with certain managers that have come in over the last few years like Valverde and stuff but should players have that much power at a club even as big as Barcelona in that, like, I'm not saying I disagree with him but mm-hmm. it's kind of like if you've done it a few times I'm kind of like alright enough's enough now just, just play your ball like, you know yeah. or else or else be a player manager or something or put your name in the hat otherwise I think it's time to, to give it a bit of re- I don't know just person but uh, yeah. I, go on I, yeah, I, always, sorry. I, I always have the mentality that no player is ever bigger than, than the club I always do mm. stand by that like Messi genuinely he's probably my favourite player playing football at the moment just to watch him mm. like the man and he, he can, if you're allowed to come out and speak your mind it's, I'm not saying mm. he can't do that I'm just always of the mentality that no person is ever bigger than the club and nobody should ever be really talking down to the hierarchy, and especially a manager in a club. Like, and with seems mm. he's come out and said he hasn't. None of your comments were made against coaches and managers. But I think you can come through some of the statements, and you can. This, the frustration is very evident um, on what's going on at the moment at Barcelona. Nate, do you think that maybe is, is it a possibility that maybe some promises were made to him to sign new contracts, and and they haven't been followed through? Could be, yeah. Like Dave said, this isn't a, an isolated incident. It seems it, it's happened before, like, and, I, it's, and sometimes it's happened over contract negotiations. All of a sudden, he's come out and he's not yeah. happy, and he wants to try new things. And then he weeks later, we're seeing reports that he got a new contract deal and everything's rosy again. So it could be, um, could be some promises that are made, and it could be sort of a, a scare tactic, clearly. Yeah. He's currently in the position at the moment that he is hasn't signed a new contract and it is allegedly rumoured at the moment because it's, let's face it, this is a blatant rumour that he's to leave, like he is not re-signing at the moment and his contract will run out in 2021 and the the non-appointment of Xavi as the next manager is one of the big things that let's just yeah. in nice and layman terms pissing him off. Yeah. yeah. Definitely like I'd, uh, I'd love to see Messi at another club just for a season. Just this, I'd like just to see him exactly. outside of Spain, just to see how he got them. Maybe not the Premier League. I'd like to see him in Italy. I'd like to see him... Let them go at it again. Or something. Yeah, yeah. No, imagine him saying, hey, imagine Ronaldo and Messi in the event of the game. Just for, <laughs> just, for the, just for one season, just on a six month loan, just to see what happens. You think, <laughs> that, you think Salah's greedy on his own? Imagine the two of them in the same team. When the goal record, Jesus <laughs> Yeah, it'd be remarkable. Okay, so we're going to finish off with transfer talk. Dave, what have you got? Uh, shock. Uh, there's a bit of a Liverpool link in this one, but it's because of a subject we talked about last week. 
Um, but the rumour that's been gathering momentum over the last couple of days, and it's only apparently for $2 million, which nowadays is not the, the biggest amount of money, but for Ismail Star, the speedy winger that uh, broke our hearts uh, and our unbeaten run there in February with Watford, um, it's gathering momentum. And the reason why I may find it interesting if he was to come, the dreaded fear, we obviously talked about the five subs last week. Now, there's a small, small silver lining that it's up to the league to, to make that decision. But let's face it, I think we're all in agreement that they probably will bring it in. Am I right in saying that? But, well, yeah. I, I'm not totally sure on that. There seems to be a lot of people venting really? against it and that the clubs the clubs, the clubs, clubs have to vote it in. So I, I think yeah. if, oh. if the lower, oh, if the lower okay. clubs are, are looking at it sensibly, yeah. they won't vote it in. Yes, oh, yes, yes. Have, yeah. But anyway... No, that's very interesting. But the reason why I found it interesting, yeah, he's a good player in the whole lot. And obviously, he's a, a compatriot of uh, Sadio Mane. So, nice little link there. Kind of nice and welcome in the club. You've seen the famous video of him saying to Troy Deeney, look after him and all this kind of crap. But I was thinking if the five kind of subs rule came in, he'd be almost like, as I, I I'm not coin, re, I'm kind of recoining the phrase, he's super sub that will probably start coming around on the market now. He is one of these nearly as quick as Adama Traore so with 20 minutes to go will Liverpool start bringing him on and just kind of kind of the last 20 minutes with, with his, beat, uh, with his uh, pace kind of beating the line and the whole lot and is that what he'd be brought in for or is it just because he's a, a decent player who's had a good season and of course getting him for a decent price at Watford go down as, which we talked about but I'm just wondering is there a bit of that behind it now because it's the one fear I have that there'll be these like as we, we kind of alluded to when we're WhatsApping each other these special Almost special teams like fresh, brand new three man midfield get replaced a la rugby with the front row coming in with 50 minutes gone, and then a, a fresh front row comes in with the last 30 minutes. Is something like that going to happen with football? And I'm just wondering is that what SAR could be looked at? And a bit like Triori, because Triori, since the lockdown came back, he's been incredibly effective coming off the bench, scoring and past players with his, with, with his breakneck speed. So I think it's an interesting one for Liverpool and I think it's somebody who could do a decent job but with the potential new game he could be a very effective player so to speak and will that be the start of a new type of transfer of uh, a potential superstar so to speak Yeah I when you told me that he was going to be our transfer talker earlier on I laughed and I smiled because <laughs> <laughs> well the only reason I did is because Manchester United were being linked with him today also and it was in exactly. the, it was in the Daily Mail. I mean, obviously, we talked about this before with Norwich last week, where we said there's not really anyone who you could pick out of that team. Well, if Watford go down, yeah. Sar is that type of player that people yeah. would be looking to take on. And I suppose off the back of yeah. Gary Neville, Gary Neville made comments uh, after the three-one defeat to West Ham. He said he's a big, big talent. He really is. We've seen his performances before, and he was a shining light for Watford when they attack. It was through him he'd be sought after, and yeah. Watford. Are sure, uh, probably will have to cash in if, yeah. if they get the right bid. And a, and a cheaper version of, of Sancho if, that, if the 115 million asking price is what um, that's Dortmund what, are holding out for. That's what the Daily cheaper Mail yeah, yeah, that's what the Daily Mail sort of uh, put forward that Manchester United yeah. are not willing to put anywhere between 120 and 130 million towards Sancho and this may be the cheaper option. So I would say yeah. there's probably going to be about five, six clubs looking for for him this summer. Oh, so, 100%. Uh, but if I, if you're a star, you're you're looking for Champions League, aren't you? Yeah, oh, 100%. And most of the clubs, maybe Barnes City, will be very interested. Simple as that. So whoever's there, 
Um, obviously, if United get in, it, they're, they're a serious viable option compared to Liverpool because with Star, he's almost definitely going to be a la Divock Origi trying to get in and get out while with United, he'd have a, at the moment, a better chance of getting more consistent football, I would imagine. So, yeah, if they get Champions League, it'll be a, a potential tug of war. Yeah. Nathan, what have you got? Yeah, I'm going to also focusing on a pacey winner. It's uh, Ryan Fraser being linked with Arsenal. There's a lot of, there's a couple of weeks back, there's a lot of heavy talk that he was linked with Celtic, but Arsenal are now coming out with favourites to, uh, to get his signature. He was obviously with Bournemouth this season, but contract came to an end on the 20th of June, and he declined to sign an extension, citing that he didn't want to risk any injuries and to put any possible uh, transfers to bed. So, uh, could be, could be a decent one for Arsenal now, in fairness. Like, but the reports come out that Arteta is a bit worried that he won't get any, uh, he won't get too much money to play around with due to the COVID-19. They restrict and any, like, restrictions that that, that, that has. So, he's a free agent, so it could be a good, cheap, viable option to get him in, like, especially with someone like Ozil, like, who's completely, the future of him is unclear, like, so he could come in, could be, Bit of a big name to come in and replace him, and you have the young lad Saka could play off him very well. He could learn a bit off him. So it's one like one that makes a bit of sense. Um, they will go to Arsenal, and it probably still Arteta too with the whole free agent aspect of the transfer. So yeah, probably one to definitely an interesting one to look at. Yeah, is this uh, see what is this a, a, a typical Arsenal mistake? I wonder. <laughs> like if you think about it, Ryan Fraser wouldn't play for the club he was contracted to because he yeah. was you know so is the mentality here we've never really questioned them before and you have to question these players who didn't want to play for their club when they had the opportunity and Bournemouth were struggling and they needed him badly and he let them down yeah. you know the club that brought him up through the ranks he let them down so he's not from he, League One Shannon. from League he's One he's since League One yeah so now, yeah I mean might get rid of Ozil, but you might have another one on your hands who, in the going gets tough, might just, you know, take his money and run, which it seems like he's doing. And in fairness, that's not, that's not something Arsenal need. Like, there's a lot of, uh, like, you have this good density who's out and it was pretty much exiled to out of that now at the moment. So, the last, the last thing they need now was sort of a uh, personality coming into the squad. Like, and I had to say myself, I, I didn't know an awful lot about Ryan Fraser, but when I heard he wasn't signing back for Bournemouth, I didn't like it. I really didn't. Like not only yeah. not like Bournemouth were mid table, like, they they needed him. They put him on the map. Him. And yeah. that's what he's given that's what he's done, that's what he's given back to them. Like instead of an, yeah. another six weeks to get them up or keep them up, that's what he's done. Yeah. Self preservation. We'll go with Nigel Pearson's uh, comment or uh, quote. Self preservation. Typical. Yeah. yeah. Like yes. it is, like it's, it's not a good look. Like and and it might like it might scare off some suitors and like some clubs might look at that and I'm sure they will look at that and say oh I don't like the look of that now I don't think I want to be playing around with somebody that wouldn't help out wouldn't stay loyal to the club that gave me his chance in football yeah what about and if you look at because they've signed David Luiz again on another contract you know are Arsenal struggling to, to probably to get players in because of yeah. the, the situation they're in and getting a little bit desperate and maybe this is maybe you're 100% right maybe this deal is definitely going to happen because they are desperate to get any type of player in that they possibly can and money's probably not there um, just I, I'll let you answer that as well after this one as well I mean 
Arteta hasn't done a bad job since he's been in there. He's he's settled them. There has been ups and downs, but he has settled them. He is trying to. He's get, he's he's blending new young players in. So if he got the back and co- is Arteta, do you think capable of pushing them back into that top four again? Um, top four pitch is pretty crowded at the moment, but I think he's capable of getting them back up to to his good sort of a good European battle for the moment. I think like he's a good young manager, like I said, like he's, he's brought in a couple of good young lads like from the under system and he gave them a chance. So you're talking f- you're talking fifth or sixth? Yeah. So I gets, think at so the moment gets, I think that that'd be Yeah, he gets sacked then, does he? <laughs> you get second night the person goes in <laughs> but seriously <laughs> is is he going to have to get into the Champions League or or will, would Arsenal be happy next year with a fifth or sixth I don't think I don't think Arsenal as a club will be happy I think realistically next season fifth or sixth will be an achievable goal I don't think top four will at the moment that's a big job I think has in his hands at the moment but the squad he has is it's okay it's fine like, and it's like they could live like a bandy and somebody could live like a vet this summer. And like that's two serious players that he could deal without losing. So I think top four next season it might be a bit of a stretch, but obviously that's not a big club. And they were they were club good, but they were very um they were very like ambitious club. And they want to get back to where they were. They want to get back to the into Champions League. And I think if given time, I've heard it would be the man to do that. I just don't think it's gonna come in the near future, in the next one or two seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, a troublesome time, I think, for them. Jurgen Klopp, according to the Daily Express, has sanctioned Thiago's move from Bayern Munich to Liverpool mm. and has agreed terms. Klopp is keen to bolster his midfield with the Spaniard who has pulled out of talks of a new contract at the Allianz Arena. Thiago's current contract expires in June 2021 and Bayern are hoping to recoup £36 million for the 29-year-old this summer before so he doesn't leave for nothing. Dave, I suppose you're the man to talk about there. Could Liverpool <laughs> do with him? Even before Klopp, we just love buying midfielders, don't we? Like, it was the same with Benita, just midfielder after midfielder. And in fairness, you know, you Fabinho, Wijnaldum and, say, Henderson are probably our main three. Henderson's 30, Fabinho, Wijnaldum, mid to late 20s. Obviously, Thiago coming in 29. You've got Milner kind of still a Mr. Stamina man, but God love me, has no pace at all. Um, all good, honest players who work hard and work their socks off. Is Thiago the guy coming in with the ex-Barcelona kind of ticky-tacky football? Um, obviously with Bayern, been a bit in and out of the side, but is he going to be the slightly more technical, better passing player? But obviously, we'll have to do a bit of a shift as well. Has he got that in the locker to be a mixture of the of the two? I hope so, because I think that's the only player that could probably force his way in. Because if we just get another stamina man who can just run all day, it's not an improvement. If you can get somebody who can do a bit of that, who can also be that little bit of a difference when we're we still struggle a little bit at the kind of park and the bus kind of team. We struggle to get that little bit of magic, like what you see with them. Um, Man City with De Bruyne and now what you see with Manchester United with um, Bruno Fernandes and obviously starting to come to the fore again you're Paul Pogba that's I presume is what Thiago is coming in for to be that little bit that little tiny bit of magic man who can kind of see that little pass that 
maybe the other guys can't. But you'll have to do a bit of work as well. That's the problem because, you know, the three guys have to work together and have to work hard because they to leave, leave, leave the front three kind of free to, to do what they do best. So it'll be very interesting if he's up and ready to do that side of the game as well as be a nice footballer. Yeah, Nathan, I think probably more so than Coutinho. Maybe that's why the link is there that Thiago mm. is more yeah. of a worker than, than Coutinho is. And I'm mm. fairly sure that Coutinho would jump at the chance to go back to Liverpool. So maybe maybe there is some truth to yeah. this one. Yeah, like it's it's been doing the rounds now about, about two weeks at this stage. Mm. Like it does seem to be a little bit way behind it. Like the only thing similar to what they were saying that that they, they have a lot of central midfielders now at the moment in the squad. Like, like, would you think that he'd have to sell somebody on maybe to make room for him? Well, Alana's well, going, so he can yeah. slot in to... Like, you, you, Liverpool will need six because there's the three and you have one for each or two for each position. So that you'd need six, I presume, for your usual rotation. So at the moment, you've got the three boys, as I said. Yeah. Milner, maybe Curtis Jones, Nabi and Naby Keita. Although there's rumours of potentially cashing in on him. There's rumours that Klopp has given him enough time and he's kind of said, right, enough's enough. And Klopp has been a bit ruthless with people, so he might be able to cash in because he'd still have a decent stock in Germany. So you never know. You, you could see him going across to Germany and uh, Thiago coming in. So, yeah, somebody will, somebody else will move, not just Milan, obviously. Well, one I've seen as well, it was, it was only, again, only a little rumour. It was interesting was uh, Mario Gotze linking him back up at Klopp and going into Liverpool. He's a free agent now at the moment. Same, similar age to Thiago. Was well, assistant manager or? <laughs> he can always start disaffecting the ball <laughs> or wearing them lovely speedos as that famous picture showed he was oh, quite happy I'm not sure Dave's, Dave's enthusiastic about that one uh, Nathan no, I don't know in a speedos yeah but in a Liverpool gear no yeah <laughs> Anyhow, okay, so we're going to leave it there. Uh, yeah, just, I mean, the transfer talk is going to go on for quite a while because the transfer window uh-huh. is going on till the middle of October. I think I believe it's a ten-week transfer window from August to October. So uh, there's going yeah. to be a lot of movement, and uh, God, it'd be nearly Christmas by the time it finishes. So uh, transfer talk could be around for a while. This time next week, we will we will know who has uh, got into the top four, who was relegated, and we will be discussing the ins, outs, and everything about that next week. So join us next week. Uh, Dave will be back, uh, Nathan will be back, and and he's on thebigkickoff.com writing loads of great stuff. So do have a look at that. And this was our very first football podcast and we will have many more podcasts uh, like this there'll be cricket podcasts uh, League of Ireland podcasts etc etc so do have a look at our website www.bigkickoff.com our Facebook Twitter Instagram and do have a look at us on SoundCloud Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get your podcasts from keep an eye out for us lads thanks very much take care cheers talk to you bye bye